you know, we were doing a scene and he was like, he kind of look at you and be like, I didn't really believe that. <laughs> Maybe you should go again. Or like, I liked it the other way. I liked it the first time. Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. Alright everybody, welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined as always by Jonathan Watkins of CinemaSins. Hello, hello. Today we have a very special guest. It is Neve Algar from The Shadow of Violence. A uh, movie that uh, it came out just this past weekend, right? That's correct. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for thanks for uh, thanks for coming on here and uh, talking with us. It's uh, it's very interesting. Uh, we've done enough of these now where we're start. I'm starting to get connections and everything. And we talked to director Lorcan Finnegan a few months ago. Yes. <laughs> and uh and uh we were uh we were doing an interview for his movie vivarium but uh watched the movie without name uh just before vivarium. that and you, and you were in that movie um yeah. what was that experience like well uh without name was it was actually one of my first films oh really um yeah it's what got me my agent in london um and it took me to Toronto Film Festival and London Film Festival and it was after that that I, I signed with um Independent in London and yeah so yeah it was Lorcan Lorcan Finnegan that that really uh, supported me um but it was a really it was a really fun job like we we were in the middle of literally the, the Dublin mountains in Ireland uh shooting in, in like this incredible scenery and um that's a world like the you know it's a film that just you know explores natural narcotics and 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 the effects of that on on your psychological state and um so just to kind of explore those ideas of, of the psyche was really interesting yeah i uh that movie's just a mood i i don't mean to say yeah. that in the modern way that it's meant usually but it it really is it's it's a movie that you that you watch and just, I don't know, just let, let yourself soak into it is basically what it is. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It, it definitely teleports you inside what would feel like someone's brain if they had taken all the mushrooms in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and he does, he does. <laughs> um, yeah. That, that looks like a, a beautiful place where you, where you shot that. Yeah. And actually that was funny enough, uh, Piers McGrail, who was the cinematographer, on the shadow of violence also oh, uh, really? shot without name yeah so uh yeah i've, I've worked with i've actually worked with pierce a few times oh that's so, awesome um, mm. um and i've seen you in one other movie it was called from the dark and uh mm-hmm. and uh, uh maybe it's a, a testament to your performance in that movie or maybe it's <laughs> just the effects or the costumes but it looks like you went through some stuff when you made that I did. I did. You I did? Through a lot of, <laughs> please, 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 please tell me all the stuff you went through. Tell me if that was as hard as it looked. Um, you know what? That film, Dune, Dune from the Dark, has really set me up as regards how far I can push myself physically because it was, it was a four week, it was four weeks of nights, mm-hmm. and we shot it, we shot it in 
the hottest summer in Ireland. And if you can imagine, that's probably about 28 degrees. I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit, which isn't that hot. But for us, it was like, you know, we were in the tropical uh, climate and uh, you get you get about six hours of darkness. So we'd like rehearse and then try and shoot it. But um, but yeah, it was it was really fun. And was it was working um with with a really great Connor Connor McMahon, who's that's his genre that he completely takes ownership of. Um and yeah, it was like it was a lot of running around, there was a lot of like crawling through tight spaces in in muck. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's like it's like just pure play, you know. Did did you actually have a spider crawl across your face, or was I that did. like <laughs> that, was, that was real? Like that was not that was real, but that happened organically in that scene because oh no, we were yeah, so we were shooting. I don't know what you, like are they called it's like a daddy long legs one of those yeah. spiders. Yeah. Um and it it was on it was in the corner frame of the shot and uh, Connor was like oh man wouldn't it be cool if it like crawled across you and then as he was kind of saying that and thinking it it, it happened. It's a tense scene cuz you have to uh, like not make noise and and you know and this thing crawls across you it just comes out of nowhere and then it's like on your face and then you're like oh my yeah. god don't scream <laughs> don't scream um uh but uh um yeah so the the you're here the uh, the the movie the shadow of violence has come out now is it is it called that around the world or is it or is it calm with horses everywhere else um i believe it's just in the u.s it's called the shadow of violence and it's called calm with horses it, it came out in in the uk and ireland first it was premiered uh, as the as calm with horses it was based off of a novella by an irish writer called colin barish under the same title calm with horses yeah, I mean, I can see why it got changed when it came here because <sighs> Calm with Horses is going to sound like uh it's the Horse Whisperer part 2 or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes People over. were like really into like equine, like yeah, homeopath, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's still the exact same film. Um, yeah. It's just, you know what I mean? But, just a, but when you watch the movie, knowing that that is a title for it, it makes perfect sense why, yeah. you know, why it's called that. Um, it's, it makes absolutely, especially when you get to the scene, obviously with the horses eventually. Yeah, um, eventually. I thought that yeah, was so, actually a very cool title. Wish they had kept that here. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. then you could have the opposite hand of that and you might have a load of people who are really into horses and they go to see the film mm-hmm. and they think it's going to be all about horses and it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, so I was wondering, what did you do to prepare for this character? Because it's a, it's a mother of a kid who has special needs. Um, and I was wondering if you did any sort of research or did you just kind of, uh, you know, what did you do? This is uh, the usual, it's, uh, you know, going through the script and figuring out why, you know, what, what brought these two characters, Ursula and an arm played by, uh, by Cosmo Jarvis together um and then also the fact that she has all you know puts all her focus and her drive into into concentrating on her on her boy Jack who he's non-verbal you know he can't communicate what feels like the outside world and because of that they have become kind of closed off from the rest of of the town and what she wants to do is to you know take him away and, and give him the opportunities um, so that his care, you know, his needs are kind of cared for. Um, and, you know, when you 
when you break it down, it's it's the for me the most important thing was building a connection with the uh, Killian who plays Jack, um, and and Killian d- does not have special needs. He's uh, he's a great actor. Oh wow! And yeah, so this we, was his first movie, correct? This was his first movie, correct? Yeah, Nick Rowland um, discovered him, and yeah, I think it's just you. It's like anything you want to you want to build a trust there with with actors and. Uh, we got that opportunity. We got like a couple of weeks um, in this small town in Ireland. I'd been living in London at the time, so I flew back and I spent a couple of weeks working with Killian and and also speaking with Autism Ireland. Um, basically, just about the getting kind of like a broader sense of kind of resources that would be available to people if they were say, for example, they are in a rural area. And through that, I discovered um, this girl who was very similar to Ursula she was she came from a single parent household and she told me of the struggles that she faced you know both emotionally and 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 I suppose just on a sense of like how she dealt with relationships and how she felt uh, I suppose judged um through you know through her through her friends so um that was like you know I took kind of bits from that and then but it was mostly just you know Colin Colin Barrett who who wrote the novella and then Joe Murtha and you know he has this incredible script so and in those short scenes that you see with Ursula and Arm you immediately know kind of he's able to like capture just this drive and the strength in this in this woman who never loses focus and, and he was able to do that in such a clear and concise way and all of the subtext between those two characters is said in the silences, and I think that's what I really loved. And I love the idea exploring that with Cosmo because I know him as an a- actor. He he's very generous and he gives a lot, uh, which was great. Cosmo Jarvis is new to me. Uh, he's he's in mm-hmm. a couple of movies that I have heard of, but I haven't seen. Um, but uh, he's incredible in this, and yeah. uh, mm-hmm. he's got he's definitely got a star quality. Uh, I can already I can already tell you enjoyed working with him, but how was it like working with this guy? Uh, Cosmo was great. I'd seen him previously. Uh, I think it was about six months beforehand in um in Florence Pugh's first film, which was uh, uh Lady Macbeth. And, right. Well, I don't think it was the first one, but that was I was like I saw it and I was like, who is this? Who is this guy? You know, he uh, he's very pre- he's incredibly present as a person and I think that transcends into his acting um and like I mentioned before he's a he's a giving actor and I, what I mean in that sense is that he would give you everything and he'll push like we kind of had this incredible bond as people as well that we knew how to like push each other emotionally in scenes and not feel like you were ever crossing the line and if we were it was you know you were you know there's the there's the trust there in one another um and you know he's he he brought a, he brought this in, like, when I first, Madame was in the casting room and um, it was what he'd done with the character surpassed any expectation of what I saw as Arm, you know. Um, he brought this incredible vulnerability, but also it's like a broken guard, you know. He's he's a character that wears, wore a lot of scars on the outside and uh, just so no one can see what's kind of, deep under that and yeah so that was it's 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 just when you get to work with great people it, it only pushes you to be better 
Yeah, he reminds me a little bit of Tom Hardy a little bit. Yeah. In this. Uh, the this the ability to have this imposing kind of figure, but uh, at the same time, you can see some some of the sweetheart in him uh, at the same time. Uh, although I will say in one scene where he is coked out of his mind <laughs> and, uh, has been drinking and he talks to you and your new boyfriend. Um, I, I was, I was sitting there, I was scared for your character, but I could see on your face in your character's face, she wasn't. And it sort of gave me some calm during that scene but I was sitting there thinking the worst was going to happen. And uh, it yeah. looks like, you know, I, I don't know if, if this was all sort of discussed beforehand, but I really felt like there was something about to happen in that scene. But just looking at your face in that whole thing, sort of like, I don't know, it gave me a, either a sense of calm or a false sense of calm <laughs> during it. I, I agree. Yeah. yeah. You both, you both just felt like two people that had known each other for a long time and, you know, yeah. and had, you know, maybe off and on again relationship or whatever, had the kid, you know, it was, it was, it felt very real to life. Um, yeah. The chemistry think, and everything. Thank you. Um, you know, I always saw Ursula as a, you know, she is a structure of stability to her arm. So I always saw her as like a diffuser you know, she's put in, she's put in these situations in order to try and diffuse and deflect away from the violence. Um, and it's like a choice that she's made because ultimately when she, you know, she turns up at the Devers house, she has chosen not to kind of go to that level of, of, of violence, you know? Um, but she, I think she, she just understands, she, Ursula is someone who understands and knows this character or knows him inside and out. And they've, they, I think they've seen each other at their worst. Um, and I think there's, there's that love. And when there's a love between the two characters, it, uh, it, it's either going to like push it. You're gonna, you don't know which way it's going to be pushed. But I really, when I read that scene, I really loved it because you don't know what he's going to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because he has been set up as this bruiser. Um, but yeah. at the same time, we have only seen him do it on command. We haven't seen him do it out of uh, emotion and everything. Mm. And, and uh, it's, uh, but that scene has a, has a tension to it. And, uh, and, and I, you know, it's, it's one of those things, like I said, I thought I, it was, it was uh, just watching, watching your expression as he, as he, as he questioned a little bit harder about everything i was like oh well maybe maybe this is but then i was like well maybe this is a false sense of security maybe the real bad stuff's about to happen and i'm just being lulled into it and everything uh but uh i i I love that type of detail in in uh in you know in in your expression there because if if you did look worried or anything like that and the rest of the movie played out the way it did then i don't think it would have been very true to that character at all. Um, no. Uh, but, um, uh, y- you know, you have a difficult job in this movie, I think, because a lot of, a lot of what, what an audience member expects from your, well, a lot of what an audience member judges of your character is based on, on arm and his buddies and everything, because right off the bat, uh, when we're introduced to your character, she says, uh, 
you know, she needs money and she, she needs to, mm. she needs to, uh, needs this money to put her, put the, put her kid through a, a special school. And, uh, first thing that, uh, his buddy that, uh, is it Barry Kagan? Barry Kilgan. Kilgan. Um, Kilgan. like, uh, yeah, Kilgan. It's another Irish name. We just Kilgan. Like oh yeah, there it is. There, Kilgan. that Kilgan. I should have seen Kilgan. 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 <laughs> Did I not get it right again? No. <laughs> I'll never get it right then. Um, uh, he uh, he plays uh, his his buddy immediately says, you know, a woman like that is just looking out, is just trying to clean you dry, and everything. And immediately you start as an audience member, you're thinking, well, maybe she is one of those type of characters, and and you and you start distrusting everything that she does. You see that character through arms eyes and everything. So I feel like that's kind of a tough job for you to pull off. Right. Well, yeah, that like what you said is like, you don't, I don't, I never judge the character. And so for me, for when, you know, she's trying to ask for money and she's doing it for the benefit of her kid. It's not because, you know, I think that is like for her, she hates the fact that she has to ask him for money. You know, if Ursula could be independent of that, she would have left, I think, a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's that uh, the idea of that, basing it off the idea that she never wanted to be in that situation where she owes anyone anything. And that's exactly what, where Arm finds himself is he becomes just the lapdog to this family. And it's it's the complete opposite of of, of Ursula. So there's... You know, he has this, uh, as you said, like this physical strength. And for Ursula, it's more of an emotional strength. Um, and I think that was like, for me, it was like not trying to play the stereotyped, whingy uh, girlfriend who is just after, you know, the guy's the guy's money. Um, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, because that it's, it, it is easy to think that, but uh, this character always, you know, Ursula always sort of surprises us in this movie. That's one of the things that I, I like about this. It's easy. I think for a character like this to sort of just be kind of the, in the background, uh, sort of, um, you know, this is, this is, uh, this is what represents arms, uh, life before he turned to crime and, and that's it. But you, uh, that, you know, Ursula seems way more than that. And, uh, you know, it's a testament to, to your performance in this, that, uh, she is, uh, more than just that. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else do we want to say about this movie, Jonathan? Well, I was just going to actually just um, uh, coming up, uh, kind of going off of what you were saying. I think that's the thing that a lot of people are going to get out of this movie, right? Is that you kind of like, if you've seen a lot of movies, you kind of feel like you know where it's going and then it just completely, you know, does a 180 on you or just, you know, takes a sharp left turn in a different direction. And I think, I think a lot of that has to do with specifically your character, uh, the character of Ursula. Uh, because of all the things Chris is saying, I did want to ask about. Uh, so Killian is that's how you that's yeah. who played Jack. Okay, yeah. So this was his first movie. Um, it didn't seem like it was though. It, I mean, he was. He just <laughs> seems like a. He seems like a natural. Uh, yeah, he was the most professional on set, to be honest. <laughs> and he was yeah. five years old. And yeah, and it's like the best thing about Killian is that like he would 
he would pull you up on things that you got wrong. So he really kept us on our toes. <laughs> or if it was a scene, you know, if you were doing a scene and he was like, he kind of look at you and be like, I didn't really believe that. <laughs> maybe you should go again or like I liked it the other way I liked it the first time um you know it makes me but he like because they're 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 it's an like it's an emotional film and the scenes are quite heavy and intense and and it was important I, I felt it was like as me because I have I have nieces and nephews who are like mm-hmm. his age so um it was kind of important to make sure that he he was fully aware of the fact that what we were saying was was our characters and it's not how we feel as people and like you know between takes we'd all play football or um you know tell silly jokes and and he you know he'd he'd turn it on for the whole scene and then immediately turn it off and it it was it's really refreshing (laughs) to work with a kid who uh who doesn't care (laughs) how how he did the last take and he's more focused on the fact that you you didn't get, you didn't hit your mark. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. He, right? he will, uh, he should be fine then. Yeah, <laughs> he will be fine. <laughs> did, did, was the, was his performance based in some research on his own? Like did, did, some, did, did someone, uh, you know, introduce him to a, a bunch of kids that, uh, that, uh, he needed to sort of emulate or study or did, uh, did, did, um, did, it was it was just sort of a direction that he was given. It it was more through direction and 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 Nick Rowland, the director, had kind of created this this uh, this language that Killian had in order to communicate how he reacted in, to to certain things and um, noise was a massive thing for him. Like the idea that you know Jack doesn't like loud noises, and I think it was you know, Nick reminded him of that and you know, he worked th- through a lot of movement and uh sound and it was they like Nick and and Killian had their own dialogue of how they constructed scenes. Um which was, you know, for a five year old to be able to do is is incredible. What was your uh, what was your favorite uh uh, scene to work in in this uh, you have a couple of uh great standout scenes i personally uh love the scene where you're um you're uh, yelling at uh the the other devers women yeah uh, or woman uh in that <laughs> I, I loved that a lot but uh what, what were some of your favorites and what did what sort of take us through your process on those um i think it was actually probably that scene um we shot it quite early on due to locations um so it wasn't in sequence uh but i knew that obviously from studying the script that that was quite a pivotal scene for ursula ursula's character but most importantly for cosmo's character because this is like essentially the last time they see each other and the it's that idea of where where ursula's strengths lie um you know she is as flawed as any of the other characters in the story it's just which she chooses to to carry around with her um and ultimately in that scene when she's confronted by Simone Kirby's character of June who's you know the the the, the female head of of the Devers household and it's just in a line it's just like your boy is the way he is because of you and it's the you know first in that moment she's fighting against just the audacity of the ignorance that's implied 
in that sentence and also the just the, the, the fear of people actually thinking that that is the case um right. and i think as if there's like the ursula is conflicted in how she is going to channel both her uh like her emotions in that bit where you know if she could literally for her for her it's like you know lunge forward and, and go for her but it's trying to contain all that and, and and walk away and essentially what she does is walk is you know trying to walk away and mm. um but it is it was a it was there was a lot of things happening in, in that scene with um characters all in you know bringing a lot to, to just one one moment it's like a crossroads really um but and then also it's a scene with with the arm on the phone and i'm i'm on the phone to arm um and it's at the end of the film which right. was really uh it was just wonderful to watch because we were in i was in the room with with uh, cosmo when he when he did it so you know we didn't do it in on a set you know i didn't do it in a in an adr session it was it was all done live so i was hiding behind a curtain yeah, I was wondering about to, that. I was, yeah. yeah, I was too. That was one of my, that was one of my questions for you because that those I was. So when when you were doing your session, was he was he in the room with you when you were doing your lines or? No, so we we were able to. They were able to record the audio there and oh. then. Yeah, so they built. Oh, very cool. Yeah, they built like out of soft furnishings in that house, kind of in the same room, like uh, like a sound booth, and um, <laughs> yeah. So we, we, I could, I could hear him. Uh, and he could obviously hear me, but it wasn't over the phone. Um, I think it's just, it's important. You need, you, it's, you need, he needed to, we both needed to be able to hear each other, even though Ursula is on a completely different page to what he's, what, what he's going through. Um, and, you know, it's, it's one entire take and Cosmo is phenomenal at it. I was I was watching that scene though. Just um, I mean, I wasn't like I wasn't like mad at Ursula, but I was just sitting there thinking, like, why can't you tell that something's going on with him? Like, <laughs> yeah. don't say bye. Do not say bye. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how effective. That shows you how effective the scene is, right? You yeah, because you're just yeah. you're so Jerry's into like it. Watching Netflix and just <laughs> he's in Jerry. She's just oblivious to it all. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I um, yeah, it, it, that's one of those things. I, I, I that scene is so great because it's you know I, I believe it's one static shot throughout, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And uh, and uh, it, it, I wish more directors uh, implemented this. It, it's amazing how much uh, one static shot can get you involved into a scene. Um, uh, you can you can cut back to the other person. But it just, there's something that's that's lost from from cutting back and forth uh, yeah. in that because you you want to see this person in this state, uh, you know, sort of uh, in, you know in this phone in this particular conversation. You want him, you want to see him the whole way, and it's just a, something that really draws you in, and uh, it's yeah. a, it's a great work all around uh, from from everybody on that. Yeah, absolutely. Like he, you know, the character like. They, he earned it at that stage in order to have this four and a half minute, tra- you know, tracking shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I think it's it. There's there's so much like you watch a lot of kind of contemporary action films now, and there's so many cuts that you right. you yeah. you, you, you know what I mean. I think he was like, you only need to cut if if you if if basically if you need to cut if you need to if you don't stay with it. 
and it's like it's kind of reintroducing the discipline of actually just watching mm-hmm. and listening and and everything there's so much it's so it's so still and there's so much happening in that in that in that scene especially kind of leading up to that there's so much pacing and and uh switch between scenes and characters that once you're just kind of forced to sit still it's you know it itself it's a it's a bit of a it's a bit of a roller coaster of emotion in that scene really yeah i get i mean there's so many times that i watch something and and you know it's just two people talking and you're like wow this conversation's been going on for a while and then you you look at the time and it's like you know 15 minutes has gone by and you're like whoa where did the time go I, i've been completely yeah. engrossed in this the whole time um yeah so yeah it was an amazing it was amazing have you seen hunger Stephen queen's hunger uh i have not seen that if you haven't, you should check it out. It's it's incredible. But um, there's a scene between Michael Fassbender, who was one of the oh, execs. No, that no, movie. I have yes. seen that. I saw yes. it on. We had yes. uh, we had, it was on it was on movie. I saw this, and there was uh, yeah. There's like a 17 minute yeah, uncut 17 minute scene between um him and Liam Cunningham. Yes, uh, yes, I have seen this, mm-hmm. and that is like because I met I met Liam recently at a. Uh, and I, I was just had to ask him about that scene, and they, I think they spent weeks, you know, rehearsing in like a flat in London before they went and shot it. But it's seventeen minutes, and it stays the entire time, just on a two shot. Yeah, um, it's amazing. Yeah, and you don't. It's only after a while that you begin to realize it's like, wow, this is, this has been a really long scene. But if you know, if you don't notice it for the first like couple of mm. minutes, the story <laughs> is doing its job, you know. I had completely forgotten the name of that movie. And I was thinking of that scene <laughs> when I was talking about this. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it's, it's amazing. Cause I remember going, okay, they're talking, they're talking, they're talking. And then you're like, man, I'm just so engrossed. You're not even, you don't even think you're watching a movie anymore. You're just kind of there with them uh, at, at some point. And then about 12 to 13 minutes into it, I was like, Whoa, has this been just, the whole the whole time it's been on this one shot and it's just amazing. Yeah. Um. Um. What? Uh. So what else do you have on? Uh. On. Uh, what's What's coming up for you? What's some other stuff that you're about to get into that you can talk about? Uh, I can talk slightly about a series I did with Ridley Scott. It's his first television oh, yeah? adventure. Yeah. Uh, it's gonna. Well, it's gonna be out uh, later in the year. Uh, with HBO Max which you guys have obviously in the States, but mm-hmm. this side of the pond, uh, we don't, I don't think HBO Max has launched yet, but um, yeah, it's a, it's a sci-fi, obviously it's Ridley Scott. Um, and uh, it's two androids that are tasked with raising human humans um, on a, on a virgin planet. And yes, Mr. Sir, Sir Ridley Scott has uh, ventured into the world of television. And I think he's, He's done an incredible job, obviously. <laughs> this is uh, this is raised by wolves. This is, is raised the... by wolves. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to that. I remember hearing that announced. Uh, I believe uh, Cosmo's in that as well, right? Oh yeah, he is. He so is. No, I hadn't seen. So I hadn't seen Cosmo um, since we shot Camel's Horses, and so it was only like a couple of months later. But I'd already been. We shot it in. We shot uh, raised by wolves in Cape Town in South Africa. And um, Cosmo stayed in character. It's not considered in character. He stayed in accent for uh, the shadow of violence um, while we were, you know, while we were filming. So Cosmo was from 
Devon in, in the UK, but he did a flawless West of Ireland accent, which is, believe me, it's very different. So <laughs> I'm in South Africa and then all of a sudden this, uh, this English lad is like chatting, chatting away to me in the makeup, makeup chair and I'm perplexed because I'd never <laughs> heard a, his actual real accent before. Um, and then he plays American, obviously, in the show. But uh, uh, yeah, Cosmo, Cosmo's in it, yeah. He's, he's fantastic. Yeah. And then have you already shot the new Guy Ritchie movie? Has that been, yes, has that been, been shot yet? That's been shot. We should, yeah, that's, that should be out. See, I don't know when anything's going to be out. because of. I don't think any of us do at this point. No, so I'm like, I'm being so vague. <laughs> but yeah, this like, is, well, I didn't know if you could talk, but this is a cash truck, right? Is that, I believe that's the title. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, currently cash truck. So uh, Jason Statham and, and Guy Ritchie have teamed back up again. Uh, oh, that's fun. Play. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's exciting. Movie. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> and then I was curious about this. Uh, I, I think it's a show. I I just wrote it down. I forgot to list it as a show or movie, but it's called Censor. That, it's a it's a movie. It's a movie. okay. Yeah, it yeah. sounded it sounded really interesting. Is is that something that's in the can as well? Or yeah, we literally finished because we we got caught with obviously COVID. Mm -hmm. uh, the the shoot kind of it had another week to go, so we just wrapped on Friday. Um, oh, wow. Officially. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So that was, so the, I've, I've been back to work in the new, you know, COVID uh, kind of procedural uh, set, which is great. Everything just takes a little bit longer. Um, but it's, it was, it was, it was great to get back to work. And uh, Prano Bailey Bond, who's the director on it, this is her debut uh, feature oh, nice. film. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's a it's a it's a feature that is set in in the early eighties in London, um, mm -hmm. about a film censor. So uh, you know, a censor who, you know, decides whether or not a film is certified to be to be viewed by the public or if it is, it has to, you know, you have to cut out a certain amount of uh violence or nudity or wording. Um and so this censor Enid Bain, she sees this one particular film that has this quite a profound effect mentally on her, and she kind of goes down through a like a through a spiral of of um, her kind of like a schizophrenic uh, adventure, <laughs> one might say, in the in in discovering what it is this film uh, means to her. Yeah, I love uh, I love like I like mysteries set around like lost movies and stuff like that. I kind of felt like when I was reading the description and you saying it's in the 80s makes more sense now because in the IMDb description, it says specifically video nasty, which is not something yeah. I've heard in, you know, like 30 plus years. So, yeah, I think it's going to be an education for a lot of people about yeah. that, that entire world, because I remember there was like someone had said to me, it was like, uh, Oh yeah, so you like there, that's DVD land. I was like, you know, that's when you had DVDs. I was like, no, no, that's like VHSs. <laughs> like what? <laughs> Tapes and it, like yeah. So it was, it was like the set design and everything is incredible. Yeah. Um, and the entire look of the film, we they like um they shot it on on film and it aesthetically, it it's really surpassed anything that, that I had like expected from the script. Yeah. Um, no, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Uh, that, that sounded really cool. I can't wait to see that. And I don't know if it really gets into like the whole video nasty stuff, but it does. It does indeed. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Because that's something yeah. I don't think a lot of people here know about because no. we they just show everything here. So <laughs> we didn't <laughs> we didn't have stuff. 
Cause it, cause it's like, and people, I mean, and people think it's like, just like, you know, cannibal movies and stuff, but it's even stuff like child's play and, you know, uh, yeah, it was movies that I think now would during, be considered pretty tame. Yeah. yeah. Well, like it was because, you know, Thatcher, uh, banned a lot of, a lot of movies because she thought it was to do with public mm-hmm. violence and, and how it was affecting society. And, and, um, I suppose it's kind of like what we're, what we went through a couple of years ago and probably still are now with video games and mm-hmm, people mm-hmm. linking that with uh with violence yeah i i had never heard of this myself so i'm gonna have to look this i'm gonna have to look this up uh but uh but yeah uh all these all these new projects sound very intriguing um uh you you, you may you briefly mentioned uh you know, working with Ridley Scott, the, how was that like? What was that like? Did you, did you work on the ones that he actually directed or yeah. was he there the whole time or? Uh, yeah. So Ridley, really, you know, he, he set up the entire visual tone and, uh, of the show. Um, so he, he directed episode one and two and, and oversaw the, 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 the other eight episodes. Um, so to work, to work with really was is was surreal, like yeah, yeah. That was that wasn't because before, like we had a we had a chat about the character, but he very much he he sets it up for he it's it's the best playground for an actor because everything you pick up is is functioning. Obviously, not a gun, but like right. it, it, <laughs> it, there's very little um, green screen. And the costume and everything is like, it's been, you can tell that he, like he obviously is known to have this incredible eye, but like to work on that, you really see just how good he is. It, you know, he, he paints a, a frame, like he, he's an artist, you know, uh, like, and he sees, he sees beauty in like, in like the most ordinary things, like, like in buildings or, industrial mm-hmm. structures they, they almost be, become like a painting um and for this it's it's just like that it's uh visually it's it's very stunning um and yeah he just he he moves really quickly you know um yeah he knows exactly what he wants and he knows how to communicate it in a very brief way and um so he's not kind of overthinking anything and um obviously the guy has got you know 60 plus years of experience he knows he knows how to uh he knows how to direct <laughs> I, mean, I, I believe he moves quickly because i feel like he releases a movie like every year yeah. <laughs> or at least every other year i think he does actually he yeah. i mean that's not that's not far from the truth and it yeah. is especially uh that period of time between like 2000 and like it was like the 10 year period mm-hmm. there where he's coming out with not only one but sometimes two movies in a year and everything so i i believe that working fast thing and uh, of course uh you know as far as his eye is concerned yes almost everything he comes out yeah. with looks beautiful yeah he's and he's he's got like you know he's always got about 10 things on the go and yeah i don't know where he gets his energy from it's a quite it's it is it, it's it's addictive to be honest at like that you get this energy where I don't know. You just want to. We want to bottle that energy because he went boxing as well in the evenings. He used to go down to the, <laughs> go to the gym and go boxing. Like he put, he put people who were like a third of his 
age to shave. Like we were all it's crazy, so tired on like a day's filming, <laughs> and then like Ridley's heading off to either location scout another a, another place, and possibly he's probably going to go boxing. He gets up at like five a.m. and goes boxing, and and you know he draws everything. Like when we were, you know, when in pre-production going onto the sh- onto the show, we got like uh, you know, obviously you get the like the uh, treatment of of what you know a show is going what they're aiming for, but mm-hmm. for this it was everything was hand drawn that he had drawn everything of what the world is going to look like and what the planet's going to look like, what your your character, the costume will will look like, and and so yeah, it was it was it was it was phenomenal to to just see that and just to see his scale of um, that, that where his imagination can go. Yeah, I would just, I would like to just be like on the set, just observing that mm-hmm. more, you know, like it's, it's got to be amazing for an actor um, uh, to, to be able to, to hang out with that guy and, and pick his brain and everything. Yeah, because there's probably only like a handful of directors that have had the kind of longevity that he's had and success yeah. throughout yeah. that longevity. I mean, you, you think about like Hitchcock, you know, I mean, and I guess, you know, but even, even like somebody like, I mean, I think it's even bigger than somebody like Spielberg, you know, it's just, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it just was very, it was, um, gave me goosebumps because we were talking about like Alien. Alien is like one of my favorite films. So I was just like asking mm-hmm. questions just about that. And it was just a bit, mo- it was just a bit mind blowing. <laughs> me just like having these conversations with Ridley Scott about Sigourney Weaver and, and, um, and then, and then Luke, Luke Scott, uh, Ridley's son, uh, he directed, uh, a few of the episodes as well and like oh, yeah. Luke is incredible yeah oh, yeah, nice. yeah oh god yeah it's, oh uh, wow that's a that's a talented family it is it is <laughs> yeah the, the 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 late tony as well so yeah that's that's yeah. a crazy that's crazy how talented they all are yes uh yes thank you thanks uh to neve algar and you know what uh some some someday i'll i'll learn all these irish idiosyncrasies oh and, good uh, luck uh, oh, so you're so you're saying you're still learning? <laughs> I am still learning. Like there's one, like one Irish name is like Quiva, and like if you lo- just look up the name, you can't even know because I'm gonna have to spell it for you. It's B A I O M H E, and it like it spells nothing like it says. But I don't know. I think that's what makes the Irish names really fun is that you just sit and watch people panic as they read your name. Yeah, and you look at them like like that's not that's not it, but that's that's fine. Well, it was yeah. very very easy when we first saw the name to go. That's Neum. It's Neum. Neum. Yeah. Um. But uh, but yeah, even you know, we've we've talked to uh, uh, you know Lorcan Finnegan. We've talked to Niasa Hardiman, and 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 every time it's an education about certain <laughs> things. She she put so much stuff into her Sea Fever movie that had all these, uh, you know, these Irish flavor to it. And, you know, you get to the name and you're like, okay, gotta do, do my best. We'll see what happens. Um, but, uh, yes, I'd like to thank Neve Algar for showing up here and talking about the shadow of violence. I believe it's, uh, calm with horses everywhere else, probably, (laughs) uh, except here in America, it's the shadow of violence because, Hey, you gotta have the word violence in there, you know, entice the people. Um, but, uh, but thank you for showing up. It's been great talking to you. It was lovely talking to you guys. Thank you for having me on. That'll do it for uh, this interview. It's Chris Atkinson and Jonathan Watkins. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, 
Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com.